you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Luke 17, Luke 17, 7 through 10. And I think I shared a few stories um, with you the last time I was here. And tonight, I, I, I'd like to share some new stories along with some old stories. Maybe some of you have heard, but there's uh, some I have not heard. And, and if you can quote me every point and sub-point the pastor preached last week, I, I'll, uh, I'll not share some of these stories then. <laughs> Sometimes we don't remember a lot of things. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to reshare some stories and some new ones that have occurred during the time that we've been on the field, just not for uh, saying anything about ourselves, but just letting you know that it's a great honor and a privilege to be a missionary on the mission field. And I understand that we're all missionaries, and this is your mission field too, and I understand also that, and I hope that you understand as well, that uh, we're called to be, have, do the Great Commission as well. And that means that God has called us on a daily basis to be in Republic. And in this town near, uh, what is Hillside? What is it, Springfield? In Springfield as well on a daily basis. And that means that I need you to be a missionary. <laughs> and I need you to help me fulfill the Great Commission as well. We need each other. And, and God might be calling someone to the mission field. And it's a great privilege to be on the field. But I believe you need to be two things. One, you need to at least surrender to the mission field. God might not have called you to go, but at least if you surrender to go, he knows that you're willing. And then once you're willing to do one thing and, and take the first steps, just like baptism after salvation, God will trust you with more things in your life and you'll begin to reap the fruits of what God has called you to do in your life. Now, in Luke 17, I'm just sharing this verse just because I want you to know that, again, that we are just doing what God has called us to do. You see, this servant having us with plowing and feeding cattle and and he said, uh, which of you, of having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meat? And will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterwards thou shalt eat and drink? Doth he thank that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not, for so likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. What does it say here? Help me out. We have done what? That which is was our duty to do. That's all what we're called to do. Do what God has called us to do on a daily basis. It's our duty. So with that in mind, the opportunities are there when you Look for them on a daily basis. If you get up and you get worried about your job and worried about this and worried about that and, and don't consult God first and look to his word first and don't ask him to give you an opportunity in life and during that day in particular, what are you going to be looking for? 
well, I'm behind on this and I got to do that and I got to, your attention is so wrapped up in the trivial things of life that you forget what the main purpose of being here in life is. And the main purpose of life is to honor and glorify your body in this, in this world and to be a light for him in this world to share it, to, 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 um, to uh, fill the kingdom of God. And God does the reaping, but we need to be doing the sowing. And when we see the opportunities, these opportunities might not always be the pleasant, most pleasant opportunity. They might run a little contrary to who we are and what we are in our character and our being. And in that regards, how are you gonna be better in yourself and grow if you are not tested in your life? And that means everyone. That's everyone of every age here because you continue to grow until you take your last breath in life. God's not finished with you until you take your last breath. So no matter how, you, well, I've been there and I've done that, I've done my work, now it's time for me to sit back and relax. No, God has put people in your path and you still are growing. He still is polishing your life and still trying to do something through you. So teaching, the Bible says, and this applies to all, teach me thy ways, O Lord, I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to, to, uh, to, fear thy, to, to fear thy name. And you know, God wants us to be taught, be teachable. And we were, I'm taking a course right now, it's called Clinical Pastoral Education. And it's helping me to be present, try to be more present with people try to be more attentive to people and what they're saying to me and, and also be, be empathetic better, better show empathy. And, and, and it's helping me out to grow. To be present is to be planted with people and really care for what they have to say around you. And it helps you become aware of, of uh, the needs around you more. And in my life, the lessons that I've learned from going up into the mountains on these medical missions are humbling. These people don't have things like we have. They don't even have a shower. I've taken showers with buckets of water and, and uh, cold water, and, and I've done, uh, done all sorts of things up in the mountains where, where it's just amazing what you, what you have here on earth and you just take it for granted in your life here and then you go up where someone doesn't have anything and you come back and you're so thankful and you're so grateful and it's humbling in your life to realize that we don't deserve anything. Amen. God wants us to realize it's by his mercy we have what we have and it's for his glory we have what we have to use for, for his honor. So I've really been polished, and I have had the opportunity to be polished every day in my life. And as uh, 31 years of being married, too, you get polished pretty good, too, sometimes. And, but that's good for you. It's good to be married for a good amount of years. They, a lot of people aren't married that long anymore nowadays. So we have a lot of opportunities, and we have the opportunities of seeing how God provides. Um, 
through you and through your church, we've done a lot of things in, in bringing Bibles and, and clothes and, and medical equipment and glasses and, and uh, just uh, hygiene stuff up into these mountains. And, and with these Bibles, we've, we've been, we're the only ones that are in the group that have been providing Bibles at this time. And through your church, these people, they fight over a Bible. We got two or three, the pastor has had one in his hand and I got another one in his right now because I, I brought my Spanish Bible instead of my English Bible. So he's loaning me one of his. But these people don't have any. And they're so happy to get it. And it's amazing, you think, well no, that's, the world's evangelized, Mexico's evangelized, let's go 1040, whatever. Everywhere there's people that are being born every day and new people that don't hear the gospel and need to hear the gospel. So we have that opportunity to see how God provides. We see how God provides for churches. I mean, we just uh, prayed recently for a roof on a church and God provided to, to put this roof on this church. And it's amazing because you don't have anything. If you, it, and we're not, people think uh, that we're Americans down there. Sometimes they think that you have lots of money. We depend on the churches that support us and, and uh, how, what, what they supply, we transfer into the churches. And, and so this building on this church was, was only a God-given thing. The roof on the church is a God-given thing. Everything that we have that we use in Mexico is God-given, and it's what everything you have is God-given too. Your talents, your abilities, what, what you have is what God wants you to use for his glory. And how are you doing that? That's our responsibility. Our, the, the indigenous people in the mountains, they come, they, they, they're so grateful for what they get. And we, don't, we reject something if it's got a little crack on it, you know? And uh, it's amazing. To me, it's amazing. It's uh, this medical unit. We had the COVID. Listen, COVID was a trying time for us Christians to see how faithful and what we were going to actively do for God. And if you're not growing and seeing that opportunity and you're stuck in your house and you're just doing something just for yourself, you know what we did? <laughs> and it's not... We've done that our duty. That's what I'm trying to focus in. We just do our duty. But God provided this medical equipment and this old trailer I had to tear apart, but I didn't have a truck. And finally, someone, someone came up and said, hey, I got this money. I got this money. Can you use it for something? <laughs> I said, well, maybe. How are you going to... You know what? You want to see how God provides, you become a missionary. You'll see how God provides in so many different ways. And it's just not, it's not a moochinary, and it's not this missionary handshake like this, but it's seeing how God provides in his time. And this timing was at the right time. And I was in the CB, so I was a construction guy and I, I knew how to build things. So, so I'm not a dentist, but I built this dental unit. 
Why? Because God gives us the polishing wisdom and understanding and how to do stuff and, and know how and ask the questions and, and have the materials and, and how people have provided. I just put in some nice lights for the dental, dental unit and we're just about finished with it to get it kicked off on the road, to take it into the, underneath the bridge, these, and the homeless people and up on the mountains and, and where God wants us to go, we're gonna go. But I didn't sit on my thumbs for two years during the COVID. I was working and doing something, getting something ready. I'm not saying that whether you were or weren't, I'm just saying when, when God gives you opportunities, don't, don't look at, well, this is restricting us and it's, it's either the glass is half full or half empty. And if you see it always half full, you'll see the opportunities that come in your life. And that's what it was. It was an opportunity to build something so that we could be ready when things open back up again. But what would have happened if I wouldn't have uh, even started anything and just, well, we just got to wait. And if you're just waiting, you're missing out. Because there's something every day that God wants you to do. The Bible says that faithful is he that called you, who will what? Also do it. He will help you accomplish. I didn't have, right now we probably have, and I'm just guessing, probably about $60,000 into that unit. And I didn't have a penny to do with it. Now we did things ourselves in our time and investing and, and out of our own funds too, but, but you all were the ones that helped provide and build that. And God wants us to see these opportunities to provide. And, and when you're doing that, you're going to provide a way for someone to use for a carrot ministry to evangelize, just like this medical missions up in the mountains. These opportunities of seeing God's power not also in, in these things. I don't know if some of you remember me talking about the bulldogging for Jesus. Anybody remember that old story? Well, God had us one time in one area, and I was building this church, right? And you pay, you, you, you uh, give to missions so that they can bulldog for Jesus, I'll tell you that. This guy came and stole our material from our job site, and he was all full of glue on his arm. And he was all high, is what I'm saying. And I was a CB, so we went after the guy, and, and uh, we caught him. I wasn't a CB at that time, I was just building in the church on the mission field, and, and the guy knocked one guy down, he knocked another guy down, and I was left to chase after him, and all of a sudden he starts getting ready to throw some rocks at me, and I'm chasing him, and he stops and gets ready to throw the rocks at me, and I did the old military hoorah, you know, and got excited, and he took off running again, and, and, uh, and then we ran past this old lady that was really short, and looking at a big old gringo guy chasing after another Mexican guy down the road, and I'm chasing him. And I caught up to him, and I, I, I watched All-Star Wrestling, so I grabbed him around the head, and I bulldogged him there into the ground, you know? And, and so that's what you pay your missionaries to do, right? Yeah. 
Well, he, I said, you know what, we're going to take, uh, take you somewhere. And he said, don't take me to jail, don't take me to jail. I said, no, I'm going to take you home. Where's your mom live? And, uh, and he took me to his mom and his wife. And, and, uh, and I said, you know what, this guy's really a nice guy. You know what he's going to, he did? And they said, no, what do you do, what do you do? And he's all worried what I'm going to tell him. And, and I said, you know what, he volunteered his own time for free to come help us on the job site, on the, on the building this church. <laughs> he said, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we went to the church the next day and we worked together. I worked alongside of him and, and he didn't expect to get paid, but I, I ended up paying him anyway. And the, at the end of all this was that later, afterwards, he brought his wife and family to church and got saved. So that's the bulldogging for Jesus. <laughs> See, it's fun being a missionary, right? You get to do all sorts of things. <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> so when, you're, when all of a sudden you remember a missionary, boy, I should be praying for them. You know that he's trying to catch this guy and <laughs> going to God now. Not all the time, but we have the opportunity to see in God's power. And I've been up in the mountains where there's spiritism and, and things that go on. And, and we prayed over this one lady that she was shaking and we were two hours and, and she was trying to say that she saw God and Jesus and angels coming down. She saw all the hearts of the pastors that were there. And, and I told her, lady, if you see God and you see Jesus, get up and give him the glory. And she stopped what she was doing and she got up and she gave God the glory. I'll tell you what, you start looking for God's power in your life, you'll discover it. You start looking for God's promises and the opportunities to see things in life, you'll, you'll find them right in front of you. We have seen opportunities to see God's protection as well. And, and I know that a number of you know that we were assaulted and, and uh, you know, they tried to take my kids and get rid of me and get the, uh, uh, get our car and stuff. And, and we fought and I, I saw things in front of me that I thought were people and I slammed on the brake of the car and, and it, it, my boy was wrestling with this other thief on the car because he had a knife. He had him detained outside, and then my boy st stuck him in the side with his knife. And then, then the the guy let go. And then they were fighting on the truck. And and I I had this guy that slammed a pipe through the door and hit me in the face and broke my nose and and had a gun to my head. And my son kicked the door open and knocked him over. And I had a, we had a they told me that I kicked the guy with the thief, uh, the, the, the guy with the gun, and I, I didn't remember it, but I remember hearing a voice in a peace. A peace that passes all understanding. So you just start the car. I started, I went forward and backward and slammed on the brakes because I saw the lights and I saw I thought was people in front of me and there wasn't nobody. And God used that. 
He got us out of there. He protects you. He watches over. You know what? My daughter was hit by a drunk driver not too long ago. Head on. He's gone. His car is demolished, and her car was too. But God preserved her and kept her safe. And I'm so thankful that we are on the Lord's side. We're serving God. When you serve God and you do what God wants you to do, whatever, and be willing to do what he wants you to do, whether it be a missionary or what he wants you to do, you start realizing and seeing God everywhere you go. God's hand, God's protection, God's provision, God's promises are always there for you. And you see them clear every day. The Bible says, I lift up my eyes until the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. He will not suffer you to be moved. He doesn't sleep nor slumber. He preserves our going out and our coming in. And it's an opportunity to see him. We see God, the opportunities to proclaim his word. And I go, I, I have this, I don't know if, again, I, I'm, I don't want to repeat stuff that, oh man, we heard this last time and stuff, but I don't know if you heard the story about the governor of the state of, uh, that I had the chance to witness to. But anybody here that remember that story? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'll tell you that. This governor, this lady asked me, she had a big hacienda and she owned this place and she, she asked all these missionaries and pastors to come, come to do this big party, this big fiesta. All these embassy people and everybody from all over were coming in. The governor was going to come in on his helicopter and we would have a big old shedding, you know. <laughs> Pastor, I ate with publicans and sinners. No one else came. No one, no other pastors or missionaries wanted to go and participate. Now there was dancing, there was drinking. But you know what? I sat at the table and the lady was so happy that I came, the owner of this place. She sat me at the table with her son and there's like 300 diplomats and people all around. And she sat me down and she said, you sit with my son. And she sat over there with the governor and, and they start dancing and coming on in and all this great food was set before us. And I just said over to the son, I said, you know what, isn't anybody gonna pray for this food? He got up and I thought maybe I offended him. <laughs> he went over to the table where his mother was and he went to her and he talked to her and he said to her, you know, this guy said this. And, and the governor heard her, and he stood up and he stopped everything. All the people coming in, dancing and, and the party and everything going on. He said, before we go on, this guy's going to get up and pray for the food. <laughs> so he pointed over to me, and I got up and I prayed for the food. And at the end, I had a chance to talk to the governor through that. And I said, sir, I have this invitation. I'd like to invite you to come to this big fiesta that I'm going to. And it's bigger and better than you've ever seen before. 
It's up in heaven with my Lord. You know, I'd like to see you there. And he took the track, and sometimes that's all we need to do. You want to try to speak four spiritual laws and this and everything else, and sometimes God doesn't want you to do all that. He just wants you to love the person you're with and do what you can and take advantage of the opportunities you have, whether it be the full amount or part. He's the one that does the, the growing of everything that you do. And it's the opportunities, like the alcoholics, and quickly, I'm going to close here right away, but I have the privilege through your church of supporting us, not only to plant churches and, and do the medical missions, but I have several rehab centers that I, I've, I've been invited to because they don't have any spiritual growth, spiritual care area in there. And one now has, when they started, they have 30. They're growing. They're growing better than churches now, <laughs> the rehab centers. But they have 30 in there. And the other one has 20-some. 20, 20 and I'm going to tell you something. We got a room that we are in, probably from here to the wall, and from the, this flag to the, to the bottom of the steps. And it's like an oven in there. They got a corner bucket, bucket in the corner. And you know what they need to use that for. And they're sweating and they're in there from eight o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon. I walk in there and I do them a favor because I take that door and I start bringing it, swinging it back open and close to get the air going in there. They don't even know when they're going to get out of there. No hope. And there's people walking all around us every day without any hope, without any help in this world. They don't see everything that we can see in our spiritual eyes. And you're the only one that can offer that to them. I'm so thankful that I can go in there and minister to those guys, and there's many of them that are getting saved, and, and I had Bibles, and, and because you supply, I can also buy glasses, because a number of them can't even see very well, being in that type of area. And we provide that so that they can read their Bibles. I just bought some notepads and stuff so they can write a plan for their life, and what God wants them to do and take notes and stuff, but that's all because we're missionaries and we're doing just what our duty is to do. That's all God called us to do. Just be aware of the opportunities. So Isaiah 55, 9 through 11, I'll close with this. It says, uh, it says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The rain cometh down, the snow in heaven, from heaven, and returneth not thither, 
but watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And my word that goeth forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please and it shall pro prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. You know, whether it be the alcoholic recovering or the motherless child, and, and there's so much abuse up in the mountains, just fathers, and, and they got extra toes and fingers and stuff because of the crossing of family and abuse and things. I, there's a 15-year-old girl that was, had a two-year-old child, I remember, sharing the gospel with her. She had AIDS and was dying. She was just about there. And we had a chance to share the gospel with her. And she walked out of there so happy. Although she wasn't going to see her child grow up. She heard something that would give her joy for all eternity. Amen. And that's what those people around you are. You got to see God everywhere you go. Look for those opportunities. And our opportunities are your opportunities. And one day, what we consider unprofitable, may God consider well done, that good and faithful servant. We just are so thankful that you support missions. And may God continue to help you look for new opportunities to serve the Lord through missions. And may God help you to ask him the dangerous question. God, do you want me to surrender to missions? But I guarantee you, you'll never regret it. And you look back and you see God's hand upon your life. That's the jo most joyful thing, isn't it, Brother Jack? See what God has allowed us to do. And we don't even deserve it, but it's all about him.